0: It all began with a Jedi Knight, a cocky pilot, a Wookiee, two droids and Luke Skywalker, who joined forces to save the galaxy from the Empire's world-destroying battle station, while also attempting to rescue Princess Leia from the mysterious Darth Vader.
1: Welcome, Movie Relicers, to our Star Wars podcast for the week. This is episode 5, and yes, we are celebrating May the 4th, Star Wars Day. With me today, I've got Brendan. Hello. Welcome. It's come to talk to us about Star Wars. Thank and- you for having me. Oh, glad you could be here. It's always good to meet another Star Wars fan. Absolutely. Okay, so, Star Wars. Can you think about your, um, your first memory of Star Wars when you first...
0: Well, I was about nine years old when episode one a phantom menace a name that troubles me because i don't like that title but anyway okay. i was about nine years old when episode one came out and um, i remember seeing it in the film in the movies i should say and then everyone was talking about all, all the all of my older cousins were talking about it. i was not as good as the originals i'm like the originals what are you talking about and then i um realized that i was three episodes short of the whole saga at this point so so you saw Phantom Menace I saw first. My first movie was Phantom Menace, and oh, I was no. like, "Oh, this is interesting." And then I saw, and then being, um, and then being nine years old, seeing later that year all four of them, all the other three, four, mm-hmm. five, and six. I don't think I appreciated four, five, and six properly. Yeah. So I, the first movie I saw was actually Episode One, but then I've I've since realized the error of my ways. And, yeah. <laughs> that would have been an interesting way to see the films because. You know, episode one is known for having the best lightsaber oh, the fight lightsaber, ever. Yeah. And to, so, to give episode one credit, Jewel of the Fates is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, because um, you've gone from the best lightsaber fight to the most Obi Wan
1: kind of and Darth, Darth Vader over, and all that. an old man and a robot. Yeah, you know? so that was
0: interesting. <laughs> but then I think, and, but then I think on reflection, um, yeah, it was an interesting point of comparison. But then I think over time, I realised that the richness of the story in 4, 5 and 6 and then appreciated and unfortunately did not appreciate some other parts that came along in the in the newer films. But yeah, that so yeah, okay. going to the movies with, with Dad and my brother to see Episode 1 is my first memory of Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the interesting thing about Star Wars is that everybody has a different experience depending upon when you saw it and which version you saw it. Like for me, um, my first memory was going to the movies and seeing um the original series but when they got re released in cinemas as the special editions. Oh, cool. So they had that kind of extra ten minutes of footage in each one and it was a big deal then. Like we were I think I was in my teens, early teens, something like that. And we went to midnight sessions, the first ever session for you know a New Hope special edition. Well, Empire Strikes Back, Out like, of the House
0: at Midnight, being an early teen, you felt invincible.
1: Well, especially and that that I think that exclusivity got built into me that it was something Absolutely. cool to see it first to to kind of have that knowledge above everyone else because I could tell people, oh look out for this, you know, there's an extra stormtrooper there and there's a so I, I must have seen them beforehand to be able to compare. But those That's moments really were the ones memory, that resonates
0: yeah. in me, yeah and they added in the sound when he bonks his head on the door. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just I can just imagine George Lucas sitting there chuckling as he
1: does that. Yeah. People are going to love this. Oh, and and changed Han Solo, you know, he didn't shoot first in the super edition, but he in the special edition, but he did in the original Han shot first. Yes. <laughs> <That's all good. laughs> yep, there's a documentary about that Han shot first. Yeah. Okay, so May the 4th has happened. How did you celebrate?
0: Well, we were busy um at a wedding. Uh, recep- uh, ceremony and reception, but just to mark the day, um, I did wear um, my R2-D2 and C-3PO socks all day and um, made sure to uh, strategically sit so that everyone everyone could see them at any given time. <laughs> nice. So you were spreading the Star Wars love to Absolutely. everyone. Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Yep. The Force was alive at that wedding. Yeah. All right. Um, what did I do? Well, I mean, Rogue One was on, on TV last night, so it was an easy watch. I didn't even need to think about which movie to... Um, to watch of Star Wars so that was always enjoyable but it very interesting to see how Channel 7 uh, our, our TV station here ended up cutting it they cut certain things depending upon the time so there was um, a scene where 10 stormtroopers get shot down with lasers and they cut that you just saw the laser get fired and then suddenly there's stormtroopers on the floor and things like that it was funny and
0: yeah just because we, we get so used to movies without commercials but then we don't really watch it on free-to-air tv anymore and then no. when it happens you're like oh no not now <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, um, they don't pick the right not, moments for the commercials now. do they yeah
0: it'll be like it'll be like um choosing when luke tells leia that their brother and sister in episode six to go Pff. yeah he's <laughs> <laughs> just like no no oh, no it's gone and All then
1: gone. it's weird when you go back to like the 80s and 90s and you watch a film where it's specifically made for the commercials. Oh, yeah, you see
0: the you see the fade to black for the commercials. yeah it's great <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's talk about Star Wars and, and let's kind of talk about this universe. Mm. Um, should we lay down best Star Wars film first or worst? What are you feeling?
0: Let's start Let's start positively. Okay. Um, now, this, and it's funny, a student, because I'm a teacher, for those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. much like our friend Luke here, um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a teacher and one of my students asked me, What's your favourite Star Wars film? And I kind of said... I, and I said very quickly... Episode 5. Revenge of the Sith. And then he said... Okay. And then he said... It's a very stereotypical answer, sir. So. And, and I sat there going... Ooh. Maybe I should... Think about this. Mm. And so I did... and Because I didn't want to sound like... Just someone who was just... you know, Oh, yeah. Episode... Empire Strikes Back. Because everyone says... It's the best sequel ever made. Blah, blah, blah. So I actually... Reconsidered all that. And actually watched... The original... Didn't have time to watch all the movies, but watched four, five, and six. And actually, to be completely honest, my favorite Star Wars movie is Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Okay. And I think what won me over was just the whole like the three battles happening at once towards the end, mm. like down on Endor, on the Death Star, and then in space around around um.
1: Yep, the moon of Endor. I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, in space near the Death. So just, I just, just the tension of all those three things happening at the same time. I think that really won me over, and just um. Luke being at the, and then going back to the start Luke just being an absolute badass and just like yeah, <laughs> destroying all the Jabba's <laughs> things was um, and the green lightsaber I love the reveal of the green lights because the, the, the version of episode 6 I saw was um, minus that scene when he's making the lightsaber oh yeah and so the one I saw was just he caught the lightsaber and then you turn it on and it's green and you're like wait that's different because you know he lost it at Bespin. Have lost you
1: actually? Is there actually a scene where he makes that? I there is. I think
0: that. it's a deleted scene, and oh. I'm glad. They, I'm glad they left it out. Wow. I'm glad they left it out because the surprise of the green lightsaber. Yeah. As he's on the um, the uh the cruiser thing is, that's a, that's a super moment when d, when r 2 d just launches it out of his head and he <laughs> catches it and activates this green lightsaber, and you're like, because I'm with you. I saw yeah. episode one first, but knowing the original trilogy is the first green lightsaber you see. Yep. Because, of course, Yoda with a lightsaber is not a thing in the original trilogy. But, um, mm. yeah, so those moments make episode six my favorite. I should go tell that yeah. student that so I'm not stereotypical anymore. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I agree with you. Uh, probably as a
1: kid, Return of the Jedi was always my favorite. I think I grew up watching the Ewoks, the, the separate films of the Ewoks. and oh, they, they were, were always, films, yeah. you know, Little wicket and and things like that i they always held a, a special place for me so seeing them within star wars was always awesome but i've got to say probably now if most people ask me
0: it's rogue one
1: um rogue that, one
0: is a fantastic film
1: that moment seeing vader finally unleash the fury like and and being a powerhouse was just vader so his good peak. yeah yeah i mean i'm sh- well, it was vader you know, there was no time lost between him and, and A New Hope in that scene, but just having that moment where he really took off and it was really surprising and, uh, yeah, that, that was amazing yeah, to Rogue, me.
0: Rogue One runs in a close second for me now. Mm. Never, like, cons- yeah. And,
1: and I think that's the standard for all the new films now. So when we get things like... A hand solo, and and even this new film, A Rise of Skywalker, that's the standard. Like when it comes to practical effects, story, characters, diversity, that's where we're aiming at.
0: Rogue One's not the best, so. Yeah.
1: And if people don't get there, it's a very quick X, you know, and then we start looking for, yeah, other stuff. But yeah. Okay. Um, Worst film for me, I'll let me go first. I'm going to say the worst film for me was the third film, Revenge. Is it Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith. Revenge yeah. of the Sith, yeah. It was the worst film for me because I had been looking forward to the the fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan ever since the original series. I'd read about it. I knew it took place on a volcano. I knew Anakin fell in or got, got hit by lava. And it wasn't epic. It was... I, like The scene I can remember is them up on this crane and the crane's falling down and they're just kind of Batting at each other with their lightsabers like as I the scene falls down. Like, what have we come to? Like, where's the finesse? Where's like, just climb up, then continue. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I wanted that to be a lot better. There were things in it that were good.
0: So the so the the letdown that you perceived is what ruined. Episode yeah. three.
1: That that's probably the biggest thing for me with Star Wars is I have a lot of expectation. I don't mm. crucify films like a lot of other fans do. I can see the good in it, but. There Are certain things where I'm like, I, I
0: it has to be done this way,
1: especially if you've already alluded to it, yeah,
0: being kind, of like, that way. kind of like how Luke found the good in Darth Vader, exactly. Yeah. Very, yeah, it's very good, yeah, and Luke's finding the good in the Star Wars movies now, It's yep, so definitely. Good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it all come circle, circle. <laughs> it's a circle, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, my least favorite, and I'm gonna go look, there is a soft spot in me for Revenge of the Sith, and I'm, I think it's because, and I'll explain my, my least favorite in the moment, but I think. Hayden Christensen always got a bad rap for how he act, how he played Anakin in mm-hmm. in the pre trilogy. But I think in Episode three, when he's ironically not talking, when he doesn't <laughs> have dialogue, he actually plays his role really well. And I yeah. and I, I kind of want to like validate him in that that he actually that that kind of torturous soul he played really well when he didn't have some of the dialogue he had to say, mm. like sand. But anyway, oh yeah, <laughs> let's, let's line. Just, yeah anyway. let's put that to the side. So um, that relates to my least favorite film, <laughs> spoiler. Um, <laughs> but so I, I I don't think Revenge of the Sith is the best, but I I don't also don't think it's the worst. For me, like the least satisfying film was Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. and I think it's because they just went, they kind of had a good setup for like this epic. And again, this this whole um letdown of epicness, yeah, yeah, epicness. Um, it was like we had this giant like potential for this huge war, this army, and it just went special effects, forced romance, sand, yeah, and and it can get loses it all. Like that's um. that's really that's what I get from it. Yes, Yoda pulling out his lightsaber and flipping around the hangar bay was oh yeah, that was good, incredible. Yep, I was in there's the cinema good in, there, and everyone cheered. There's yep. good in everything. There's good in everything, <laughs> but on the forced romance part when when Padme confesses her love to Anakin just before they go out into the arena or the the Colosseum of Geonosis, I distinctly remember in the middle of her dialogue, someone in the cinema, because I saw it in the movies, laughed. (laughs) Because it was so poorly delivered. Yeah. And that kind of ruined ruined it for me. And I don't think that the romance was not 100% necessary to the story. Yes, they end up together and they have Luke and Leia, but... I think, yeah, George Lucas is kind of segued into trying to make a romantic kind of mm. thing happen, and it didn't quite work because that's not his strength. His strength is epic space yeah. operas. Yeah. But I think, yeah, they just went a bit crazy with CGI as well.
1: Mm.
0: And it looked like a, it looks too much like a video game.
1: Because the romance in the original series between Han and Leia just seemed to happen organically like yeah, there and wasn't and any two, two and a half movies yeah, so distinct more, yeah. moments like apart from him being frozen in carbonite and that moment happening but even that it wasn't really romantic
0: it wasn't romantic it was love you
1: i know yeah, yeah like and it's one of the most iconic lines yeah. ever but you wouldn't but call it you, romantic yeah would you wouldn't call it romantic it wasn't soppy and like you you're gagging in your mouth like some of the, the phantom menace ones but i have i i think with attack of the clones and why it was so bad is because George Lucas had a plan in The Phantom Menace, and this is one of the reasons I love The Phantom Menace. I am a big believer in the Jar Jar being sort of the Sith Lord theory. I, Fight I lo- us, we it. like
0: episode one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think that because of the backlash, he had to change it, and then we had the creation of Count Dooku, which came from nowhere, and he had to kind of rework this whole film, even though he didn't want to.
0: Master sifo who's that? We don't know. No yeah. one ever... <laughs> it's no. just this random Jedi who ordered a clone army. Wait... Yeah. That's a plot hole.
1: And even in the cartoons where they explore that character, they still don't really explain who he is and how Darth Sidious got him to do that. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it's weird.
0: It, it, the, his desire to avoid backlash created some holes that couldn't really, not even a great animated series like Attack of Clones could recover from. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which yeah. I, need,
0: I need to watch more of that animated series, to be honest with you.
1: Oh, it's good. Well, yeah. especially now, I'm so happy they're, they're doing the, a brand new series of it series. And, and delving more into it. But, uh, like, I mean, I'm a great lover of the story of Star Wars, and so I've read, uh, like, some of the, the comics once. Marvel mm. is now part of Disney, which is now part of um, Star Wars. You know, I read all those sorts of things because that's canon. You know, it, it adds more to it. And I'm going to talk more about that when we get to talking about the latest Um, the film that's coming out, A Rise of the Skywalker. Of Skywalker? The Rise of
0: of Skywalker. Of, okay. No, the... Is it? No, The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker.
1: We don't even know. We're going to have to check that. We'll check that. Is there a word missing
0: there? Yeah. Potentially. Okay, so we got our... So, did you say your worst film? Episode Uh... 2, Attack of the Clones. Okay. I'm sorry. Sadly, it's the one... (laughs) It's the only movie my wife has seen so far. Oh, I'm I'm working on it. Audience, I'm working on it. But see, once you see that, I'm like, you need to have a better reference point than that to Star Wars in general. But yeah, we're working
1: on it. At least you've got those standalone films now, so you can kind of introduce Mm. it that way and And then ask questions around it or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so A Rise of Skywalker, the new film, ninth in the series. It's going to be the last film in the Skywalker saga. It's going to close out the three trilogies. I don't know... They haven't really alluded whether we're going to see Rey, Finn, and Poe after that. I tend to think we will. They've put too much effort into them, and Rey is such a beloved character for all female as well as male Star Wars fans that they're not going to put that away. They're just going to move completely away from all the characters of the Skywalker saga. So, what are your early thoughts about the trailer and the, the bits we've seen so far and do you have any predictions about how you think it will go
0: well i think and i think and i think that there's an art form in this in in current the current movie climate the trailer is fantastic and i think making yeah. trailers is almost like making lots of little films before the actual whole film gets put together so Definitely. it's um it's it's a fantastic trailer it's beautifully framed the music's great um, they give just enough without giving away and that's a teaser trailer is meant to do Exactly that I think I, I think there will be what I can predict is that there will be quite a bit of I guess what we call fan service in this film yeah because I think obviously there was a backlash to the last Jedi um and there's multiple reasons for that backlash but I think there will be a bit of fan service like seeing Lando that's a bit of fan service there I think as long as um, they don't kill him no yeah <laughs> Lando lives please thank you Mr. Abrams yeah Lando lives um and think as well um i saw you saw an image of like poe finn bb8 and another small little droid we've got joining the party kind of yeah. kind of venturing out into the desert and doing a little bit of journeying which i think we missed a bit in last jedi last Definitely. jedi was very much like we're all going to this place and we're all going like they weren't mm. like i need to go and do this like kind of how luke went off to dagobah and everything yeah. else was happening with the rebellion um yeah that kind of that kind of widens the scope of kind of and it makes it feel bigger mm-hmm. of what's happening so i think that's that's encouraging i'm jumping around all over the trailer but like going back to the start like ray just just running and then flipping backwards over the i got i got chills when as oh, she, flipped, as she, yeah. as she flipped over the starfighter is that kylo's um starfighter not sure again they didn't give too much away but i think um and I'll just, I'll just mention, um, as well. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it has whetted, it has whetted my appetite to, to see what's coming. And that's, that's the main thing a teaser needs to do. And at the end, the, when Luke says no one's ever really gone and then you hear
1: mm, the, the sheave,
0: the sheave cackle, you're just like, oh boy, force ghost alive. What's going to happen here? that looked like part of the Death Star yeah, um, sitting in the ocean there on that planet so lots of interesting and exciting possibilities as long as it doesn't get too convoluted I don't think yeah. it will I, I, got, I think JJ's good enough to not allow that to happen mm-hmm. but um yeah I think we'll see some separate journeys like the, the party will split up and have to do separate things to make something happen and then they all come together to encounter this, this emperor esque mm. kind of threat.
1: I hope they don't divide them up too much. I, I think that was one thing that the original series did really well. You know, like you said, Luke was in Dagobah, and the rest of the group was together. So it was only two different ships. Oh yeah, but yeah. I think with, I think there'll only be like one little one yeah. split, not
0: like because that four was the problem. On yeah,
1: that was the problem in Last Jedi because you had Poe. Off, uh, he was with the fleet you had Finn off doing an adventure then you had Ray off doing it Her and Kylo stuff, yeah. doing something else like
0: it was a little bit fragmented we,
1: yeah we need we need if you want us to be invested in these four heroes you need to put them together in a story so that we can get invested in them a lot easier um it does look like they're doing that we see a lot of scenes with that um I've got a few predictions about it. Oh, far away. <laughs> I do like. I will make mention first off, I love the fact that they're bringing back Kylo Ren's helmet. I, I see that as yeah, a massive, yep. like, you got this wrong for the last director. And I also see that I know how much money Lucasfilm makes from their toy merchandise. And I guarantee you that not many kids went out and bought Kylo Ren without his helmet in the last film. Nope. Guarantee So I think... That we're getting the helmet back purely for a toy reason, and we're going to get the whole uh, what is it, Knights of Ren, and it'll be like a go on, go on, kids, go and collect the full set. You need all the Knights of Ren. Commercialism. Ding you know? ding. <laughs> <laughs> I I opens, see that opens cash register. And I mean, as long as we get to see the Knights of Ren, I am happy for that to happen. Because
0: I, I felt I like they've had opportunities to bring me them in, and they just haven't. We were promised
1: like, them in the last film. I mean, happen. what was the point of that vision if they weren't going to give it to us? Exactly. Um, but Here's my theory. So this this is my theory and it's based on what I've read in the comics and um, a little bit to do with a lot of the books that were written after Return of the Jedi. But um, if you know anything about the whole purchasing of Films, you know that all of those stories were thrown out. They're not canon anymore. They were once canon, they're not now. And so nothing has really been written after Return of the Jedi. But we do know about the story of Darth Vader from when he first got the suit, to A New Hope. And there's a story in there where Darth Sidious is still kind of testing Darth Vader's allegiance, and he gives him this relic. It's a a helmet. And in this helmet is someone's, it was a Sith Lord's consciousness was saved in there. And this consciousness was able to possess other people and kind of continue being a Sith Lord. And so the, the idea is, or my idea is for this film, is that Darth Sidious has experimented with that technology and he has been able to transfer his consciousness into an item that is still on Death Star. So even though his body died at the end of Return of the Jedi, there's an item there where his consciousness is still saved. And this is where it builds. Because I, I think JJ's gonna do a full circle with this. Please do. Yeah. yeah I
0: just that's we love we love circles. circles I think
1: that Darth Sidious was possessing. The man we knew as Snoke, and the reason he was so withered and haggard is because of that possession, and that once Snoke was dead, um, consciousness returned to the item. consciousness has returned to the item, and um, yeah, they're going to go. They're going to need to go and find this item to destroy it and destroy Darth Pl- Darth Sidious. And I love that that idea sits so well with me because, for those of you who don't know, it's been rumored that. Darth Sidious or, or Chancellor Palpatine, he was the reason Anakin was born. He was the one that manipulated the force at the very beginning that made Anakin come to be. And so for him to be the end villain means he was the bad guy all the way through.
0: And his and um sorry, I don't mean to coach with that. Yeah. Fantastic theory. I love it. Yeah. Like really. And the story of I hope I'm not jumping ahead of you here no, in go terms for it. of what you're gonna say, but the whole um the whole um, tragedy of Darth Plagueis that he told Anakin at mm. the at, at the um, they were at an opera I think or yeah. something like that, in, ep- in episodes where he said Plagueis was able to manipulate the Force to create life.
1: Yeah,
0: and then that if 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 the room if if the story goes that Sidious was Plagueis's um, apprentice. Yeah, then he learned how to manipulate it, and then that manipula- manipulation led to Anakin's birth. Yeah, so. I think that could be that could be a storyline or a thread that really kind of, yeah, brings a lot of satisfaction, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of, um, really pays off that whole idea that, like, that, that little story that he mentioned all the way back when Anakin was mm. kind of between the, the good and the light and the dark. I think and also if they, around, could, yeah. if they
1: could use it to kind of redeem the prequels as well. Like, we've got all this technology now with being able to, what is it, euthanize? No, not euthanize. (laughs) Add add youth to our actors, you know? So we could have the actor who played um, Chancellor Palpatine recreating a scene from The Phantom Menace where, you know, it, it all ties it in together. So we see him creating Anakin, and then we see him trying to destroy at the end, like... I really feel like J.J. Abrams would do well if he tried to somehow incorporate the prequels and then elevate them. Now that he's got all this fan responses of how to improve it,
0: I think it's a very open option for them and I think it would it, yeah. it, it would it would definitely not go astray if they if they tried that.
1: Maybe it's just my hope. I don't like the black mark of the prequels on the Star Wars. Oh,
0: uh, and. And the reason why a lot of people have asked me about Last Jedi. Students, friends, everything like that. Oh, what do you think of Last Jedi? And I always kind of, especially with the trilogy, I always try and reserve judgment until I've seen the third film. Yeah. And then I'll judge it as a whole. Because I see it as just one super long film, really. Yeah. And um, my hope, my, my hope as well, is that episode nine really does kind of... Not fix what was because you can't you can't erase what happened in episode eight. Yeah, the things that people have issues with they can't be erased or anything like that. But I hope it just kind of redeems some of those things, mm. um, and also redeems, as you said, the episodes one, two, and three. Like it kind of makes yeah. it all more meaningful. Which which kind of is
1: it? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, and and it's 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 going to be a tough thing for J.J. Abrams because the the instinct is to fix. The things that the fans had problems with, you know, to to give Snoke some history and origin, to to give Ray some meaningful parentage, to I don't know, fix Leia being Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> really that, no, but no, no. I I think as a fan, I I don't know whether a lot of fans would agree with me, but if he does kind of f- rewrite those and say, oh no, you know, Ray actually does have important parents or Snoke. Isn't really dead. Like, it'll feel like a cop out. Like, like it'd be more, more effective if they just redid that film. If that's the track they were going to go, they're better just to accept how it is, and continue crafting the story. I think.
0: And as you said, like re- sometimes responding to fan outrage is not the best way to go about it because that's what, that's what led to episode two being the way it was. Yeah. So, I think it's it's striking a it, um striking that balance between satisfying the um. Satisfying the 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 audience, but not sacrificing like a beautiful and well crafted story.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for chatting to us, Brendan, and sharing us all your knowledge of Star Wars. And listeners, hold on for a little bit of movie news to follow. This week in Movie Relics, we wanted to take a break from discussing the relic of the week. And discuss some big events that were happening in movie news that have happened in the past two weeks. Starting us off in movie news this week is the story around the Sonic the Hedgehog film. About a week ago, Sonic the Hedgehog trailer was released with much negative reviews from people and fans alike. People believed that the way they had rendered the Sonic the Hedgehog character did not live true to the original. The response to this look of this iconic character had been overwhelmingly negative from people who have loved this character for years. A new look had been posted online within a day by a fan. Now, while I'm not a fan of the cartoons, the comics, and the other media involved around this co- around this character, I did grow up with Sega Master System, Sega Mega Drive, and Sonic Games, making that little blue hedgehog jump through those rings. So... I want to see it represented right. And it amazed me that a fan could render that so quickly in the space of 24 hours when a movie studio could not even see how far wrong they got it. It's also a big nod to the fans that the fact that our outrage, or their outrage I should say, uh, convinced a movie studio to take another look at that character and go back to the drawing board and try and redesign him to match the original original um, character. It's good that the movie is taking notice of its fans, and I hope that it pays in dollars at the box office, because we want to see more of that. The second big thing in movie news this week is the Spider-Man Far From Home. Just today, we received received another trailer for this movie, and it was the first trailer that we've received since the post-Don't Spoil the Endgame embargo had been dropped. So, for those of you who haven't seen Avengers, spoilers are out there now. They're everywhere. And this trailer goes along with that theme. Uh, this, this trailer also gives us the first glimpse of what Phase 4 of the Marvel Universe is going to look like. And what a Marvel Universe is going to look like post-Endgame. Uh, now, the big word dropped during this trailer that gives everybody a clue of where we're heading. Multiverse. We've heard this word before in Spider-Man, into the Spider-Verse, but now in the real Marvel Cinematic Universe, multiverse, meaning so many different things. Potentially, this opens up a whole new world for Marvel. It will be able to introduce different actors as characters we've already met before. It has the ability to reboot their characters without recreating the entire MCU without scratch. So... Potentially a really good thing to be introducing. However, with our villain in Spider-Man Far From Home being Mysterio, a villain who uses illusion and mystery and deception, we're not really sure whether that is its meaning. And the final news in movie news this week is the announcement that IT Chapter 2, the trailer, will be released this Thursday. It's going to be our first look at the sequel to It, Chapter 1, which was a runaway success. And personally, it was one of my favorite films, and I could not be more excited uh, for this sequel to be coming out. So uh, be prepared to hear a lot more about this on our road to the sequel of It. Now, we've got three main characters in It. In the original, in the first uh, movie of It, we had Beverly, Bill, and Richie as the main characters out of the Losers Gang. Now this movie, It Chapter 2, will have these characters represented as fully grown adults still dealing with Pennywise the Clown. For Beverly, we've got Jes- Jessica Chastain. For Bill, we've got James McAvoy. Both of those actors are in the upcoming X-Men Dark Phoenix. And finally, to round that out, we have Bill Hader playing Richie, the wisecracking cracking kid. Bill Hader you will know from SNL and the TV show Barry which is very popular and I must say a personal favorite of mine. So that's all in movie news this week. Let's hold out for that trailer and other events coming up and once again thank you so much for listening to Movie Relics. We appreciate all your support and share us on your social media and don't forget to follow our Instagram. Thank you.